So I got the new MacBook Air as well as the new MacBook Pro. I thought a comparison would be cool. I mean, people are saying all kinds of positive things about these chips. It's really amazing. It's hard, right? What do you do? You go to the drawing board, you try to do your own silicon, and you try to replace a piece of Intel, which they've been the established brand in the space for so long. And then to get the initial impressions that are out there and the benchmarks and all the rest of it, I mean, it's pretty amazing the numbers I'm seeing. So it got me pumped up, pumped up enough to go pick both of these up. Now, the curious part here is how much overlap there is for these two devices. I get it. This one says Pro. It has the touch bar and all the rest of it. But from a performance perspective, they're really tight. And from a weight perspective, they're really tight. It's like a 0.2 pound difference. This would be a really confusing choice, I think, for a lot of buyers. I know some people, they want the thing to say pro, and they might want to, I don't know, it's a slightly beefier build to it, but you can save some money and go with the air. You don't have a fan. Oh, that would be the biggest difference. So you have active cooling on the MacBook Pro, which may avoid thermal throttling under a heavy load. However, I've seen some tests already on the air, and it's looking pretty promising, even doing work for a while without a fan and that speaks to what apple's been able to do with the m1 chips so as far as the spec is concerned i think i got the higher end of the pre-configured spec like not custom order or anything like that so that means 8 gb memory to go with 512 ssd you can see here 2.8 pounds for the air and three pounds for the pro it's obviously this is different if you go up to the 15 inch pro but you, i mean that's a lot of overlap there if you're looking for a portable laptop. 13.3 inch display, Retina LED backlit, same resolution, 2560 by 1600. Two Thunderbolt ports, that's the same on both of them as well. Headphone jack, stereo, touch ID, yeah, full-size backlit keyboard, yeah, yeah, that's the same, check, check. And both of these have the eight-core CPU and the eight-core GPU. So holy moly, what a tough choice. Well, that's what this video is about. Hopefully it makes that choice a little bit easier. So let's go ahead and unbox these, test them out and see what I'm thinking. First up, let's do the Air. This is a little bit less expensive to get into at the baseline. So if you're looking for a budget model, actually in the past, I've recommended MacBook Airs to people for many, many years because of the price point, portability and so forth. Then. There was a bit of a keyboard fiasco that took place. I had a couple of them fail on me. Got some bad news. Bad news. Look at that. There, that's what it does. And I kind of stopped recommending them for a bit with that butterfly keyboard. Now Apple has modified that design and it's supposed to be better now. So hopefully that's the case. And I can start recommending this again for someone who's looking for an entry uh, MacBook. However, what's a bit strange here, and I've played with so many laptops in this uh, range size-wise, the Air is not very Air-like. I, I understand it's a high-performance laptop at this point, but it's right around three pounds. And I mean, I've looked at plenty of 14-inch laptops that are half a pound lighter than that or more. So it's not the lightest laptop in its class. However, what class is it even in? If I can boot up Final Cut Pro and export a 4K file, a 4K YouTube video in two minutes, that's a whole different class if that's the way this thing is behaving. All right, so space gray color. That's another difference between the two, the color options. 
you want a gold one, for example, you're in air territory. The unboxing experience is wonderfully simple as you come to expect from Apple. We have a fairly long type C cable to go to the power brick. There's also a little bit of paperwork as well as probably some Apple stickers. There they are. Space gray Apple stickers are in there. And this is the power brick. This might be another difference. Maybe this power brick is not as powerful as the one on the Pro. This is a 30 watt USB type C power adapter. That's the air. Now let's head over to the Pro. Okay, so that's the Pro and <laughs> while you really can't tell much of a difference, whether it's weight or form factor, they are so similar at first glance. Now the air, it tapers. This one is a little bit more symmetrical, but I do kind of like the taper on the air when it comes to typing because you have less of a ridge to overcome. I mean, this is nitpicking because all of these are so thin at this point. You can see the lip is very small to get over here. It's one of my favorite typing experiences. As far as the ports are concerned on the Pro, it's gonna be a headphone jack on the right side and two Thunderbolts on the other side. That's a bit of a letdown because previously on the Pro, you could get some extra connectivity and that just brings it closer to the air now. Uh, hopefully that's enough for most people, but that's what you're working with on the 13 inch Pro for the time being two type C ports. In the package, you get the same type C connector Get the same paperwork as well as your Apple stickers and you do get a bigger power brick as you can see here. It's a 61 watt power brick. What that likely means for you is a faster recharge on this particular unit. However, you are going to be carrying a less powerful power brick. So it's a bit of a trade off there as well. All right, so open up the Pro and it boots up right away. You see how Apple does that? And it smells Apple fresh as well. So here you see the chiclet style keyboard, which is no longer using those butterfly key switches that were a little bit problematic on the previous models. And you still don't get a tremendous amount of travel, but if you're familiar with the older Apple laptop keyboards, it's kind of like that, but a little bit lower profile. Now, the other big difference here is the touch bar along the top, which I don't consider it a major differentiating factor between the two because I just don't use it that much. If you're the type of person that thinks you're gonna take tremendous use out of it, then uh, that's another advantage for the Pro model. Fingerprint scanners up here in the right-hand corner as well. That'll be the same for both. The body itself hasn't changed all that much from the previous version. So I've seen some teardowns and really it's almost like just swapping in the chip. The fan design is similar as well. I've heard that it sounds a bit different, but if you look at this thing with the bottom plate removed, you're basically looking at the previous generation MacBook with that new silicon in the inside. So that's kind of cool that they were able to just sub in their new component. However, it will be interesting to see as well what they're able to achieve when they design something from the ground up for the M1 chip specifically, instead of fitting it into a previous design based on Intel. All right, so let's open up the air and compare. It's just lift and go one-handed. That's uh, some attention in the engineering and all the rest of it. The fit and finish of these things is no joke. I mean, I don't need to tell you now that they fixed the keyboard thing. And I think you could make the argument that for some people, the lack of touch bar could be an advantage because for me, when I reach for, say, audio settings, it will sometimes 
change dependent on the application that I'm in. I may see something different. It could be a bit finicky. In fact, in the past, they had the escape key inside of the touch bar and people hated it so much that they actually brought it out of the touch bar in the pro models. There is an argument to having more physical keys, which is what the Air gives you for less. Speaker layout looks the same. Trackpad looks very similar. They may be ever so slightly different. They are. Trackpad is a little bit longer on the Pro. I set up these laptops. It's been, oh, well, there's been a little bit of an ordeal, but not too bad. I, I had to find and track down this 16 inch. I have a pen as well. That's kind of, I tracked down the 16 inch MacBook Pro, which is the most recent professional MacBook from Apple. I did a number of edits on this system. I've edited on MacBook Pros for, I don't know, a lot of this whole YouTube thing. So I'm very familiar with them. We're looking at a 2.6 gigahertz, six core Intel Core i7, 16 inch from 2019. An expensive machine, far more expensive than either of these two new machines running on Intel, dedicated graphics. Of course you have a fan in there as well. We're gonna see if the fan kicks up, how it uh, behaves and what it sounds like. Mo put together a nice little timeline here. One minute edit on Final Cut Pro, a number of clips from a Sony A7S 3 That codec in some circumstances can be a bit of a nightmare for editing software at higher resolutions. And then there's been some uh, effects applied, some stabilization, couple of titles, some music. And so this is meant to simulate a workflow. Well, it actually is a workflow. This is what we would do, it's what I would do. Export a video clip, upload a video clip. This is where this M1 stuff gets exciting because if I can be close, performance-wise to this unit on the far right, the expensive Pro Model 16-inch with these devices on the left with Apple's silicon at a starting price of around a thousand bucks US, well, that's a significant leap. All right, so this is the Apple device's computer setting in 4K, H.264, faster encode setting 3840 by 2160 across all three units. Also, software is exact across the board here. We're talking about the latest Final Cut. We're talking about the latest Mac OS. Three, two, one. So we're not quite at real-time speed right now. If that number stays, if it remains at that pace, we're a little slower than real-time speed. All right, so just under a minute 30, one minute, 28.35 on the big old MacBook Pro. Now we're gonna switch over to the MacBook Air. Three, two, one. Oh, baby. <laughs> now you understand why people are excited. This is a MacBook Air. This is a fanless design. And look at this. So, oh my goodness gracious. Would you look at this? It is completed right now, right now. 44 seconds. Uh, you're talking about a MacBook Air doing this in half the time. That is a huge improvement over the previous generation. Let's see uh, if the MacBook Pro is any different. Uh, the new MacBook Pro, the 13 inch. Now this one as well has an active fan in it. Presumably if you were doing really long exports and the system started to heat up, this one could I mean, at least theoretically maintain its performance over a longer period of time when compared to the Air. So that's worth considering, although the starting price is a bit higher on this particular model and it's a little bit heavier, barely. 
three, two, one. Oh, like barely. It's probably just my tap. After all, the spec sheet is the same, and we're not pushing them so hard that the fans need to turn on or that you would have a thermal issue. So you can expect these to essentially perform the same. And that actually, it, it kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier about these two devices, the new M1 models. It speaks to this difficulty in figuring out what you should select, if you should save your money and just get the Air, depending on what type of tasks you do or if you feel like you need the Pro but they have a lot more in common than they do different. I will say I noticed that the display on the 13-inch Pro is maybe ever so slightly brighter than on the Air. In fact, I feel like this display on the 13-inch Pro is even maybe slightly brighter than the 16-inch, and I didn't even notice it. It wasn't enough for me to notice until I had them side by side, but it's a tough choice. This starts at $999. This starts $300 more. I think the MacBook Air is going to be a serious recommendation for me at the moment for anybody who works in video, for anybody who works in Final Cut Pro, to have a sub three pound package that's going to export a one minute 4K video in a heavy codec in, in better than real time. I mean, what a time to be alive. 2020, things are happening. Shout out to Apple. I'm impressed. I saw it now in real life and in real time. It's a new M1 macbook pro 13 and the new m1 macbook air 13 hey guys this is linus on super Saf tv hey it's Isaacine on super Saf tv what is up guys i'm michael josh of gadget match on super Saf tv hey what's up guys austin evans here for super Saf tv what's up guys this is jenny zarek on super Saf tv what's up guys this is festival Saf on super Saf tv hey guys actually from sincori tech on super Saf tv what's going on guys john rettinger from super Saf tv here what's up guys it's David on Super Saf TV. Hey there, guys, it's Mr. Q from Arami TV, and you are watching Super Saf TV. What's up, guys? Saf, you're on Super Saf TV, and this is the best of the best. A lot of you guys will know that towards the end of each year, I do a huge Super Saf style collaboration with all of my friends to share with you what their favorite smartphones of the year have been. This is the sixth year running. I believe that we're doing this and there will be two parts. In this video, we're gonna be looking at the favorite smartphones of 2020. And in the next video, we'll be looking at favorite tech, not including smartphones. If you wanna make sure you don't miss that as soon as it's out, then be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon. So to kick things off, what is my personal favorite smartphone of the year? It's, it's been a tough one because we've had a huge amount of smartphones, as you can see. But if I was to pick just one, it would have to be the Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. I'm not gonna call it the Z Fold 2 or Z Fold 2. I'm just gonna call it the Fold 2. Why is it my favorite? Well, in my opinion, it is the most improved smartphone of the year. If we compare it to the Fold 1 last year, pretty much everything we asked for, we now have. The front display is now a lot more usable and it is a lot more durable compared to the Fold 1 last year. Now, yes, it's not perfect and it's still very, very expensive, but it still amazes me that we can have a smartphone that can extend into a tablet. And that's why I absolutely love the Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. 
That's me. Let's see what the others have to say. Hey, what's up, guys? Austin Evans here for SuperSat TV. And my favorite phone of the year is hands down the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. Look, I am a flippy boy. Now, yes, the iPhone 12 mini was a very close second runner-up for this, but for me, nothing comes close to the uniqueness of this form factor and just how well it was implemented as a Gen 1 product. I can't wait for Z Flip 2. Z Flip 2.5. Is anybody gonna be at all surprised when I tell them what my favorite smartphone is of 2020? No, you're not. It's the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Surprise! What about the Mini? No, Jenna, I can only pick one. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's David on SuperSaf TV, and my favorite smartphone of 2020 has to be the Pixel 5. Google actually listened, it feels like, and we have a phone that is at a much better price than before while still having great performance, photography that you've just come to expect from a Pixel phone, and finally, a decent battery, all in a small enough form factor that even has a fingerprint sensor on the back for when your face, you know, might be covered because of, I don't know, a global pandemic. <laughs> okay, okay, it's on, it's on. <laughs> Thank you, Superstar Felicious. And I know some of you are wondering, eh, what is my favorite smartphone of the year? Close. <laughs> Galaxy Z Fold 2. I am talking about Sezi on top of Sezi. B screen in front, B screen inside for a big guy like me. Oh, Seziness. Anyway, I love the phone because it can open up in many angles. If you catch my drift. Hey, thank you very much, Safilicious. Don't forget to send me the check for this phone because it's expensive. Hi there, everyone. It's Mr. Q from Aramie TV here on SuperSaf TV, and I had to choose a phone, a mobile device that I thought was my favorite. And to be honest, while I didn't get to play with this phone for very long because it just came out, it's the iPhone 12 mini. Now, typically, I'll go ahead and choose the best iPhone out there. I want the iPhone Pro. The Max was always a little bit too big for me, but I would choose the Max because I wanted the best battery life. But I decided to go with the mini this year because the one-hand ability is just it's too good. Oh, and of course, a uh, bonus that it's the cheapest iPhone out of all of them, so wallet careability too. What's up, guys? This is Jenny Zarek on SuperSaf TV, and my favorite smartphone of 2020 has to be the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold. I think that the improvements from the previous generation was just incredible. I love it, but I unfortunately had to send it back. But I still love it. Hey, guys, this is Linus on SuperSaf TV. The Galaxy Z Fold 2 is an evolutionary improvement over the original Fold, but it is still easily my favorite phone of the year. I love it as a head-turning piece of tech, and the giant screen is amazing for both work and media consumption. It also compromises nothing in terms of performance with an HDR-capable 120Hz display. I just can't daily drive it because Google and Samsung aren't getting their act together and fixing the deficiencies in the YouTube app. So I guess I'll still be rolling my Note 9. My favorite smartphone of 2020 is the iPhone 12 mini, because just like me, it's fun size. I know the 12 Pro Max has the best of everything from battery to cameras, but there's something just so satisfying about a phone this small, especially knowing that it's just as powerful. And even with a MagSafe wallet attached, it's still light 
and portable. What's up guys? This is Fessel Sif on Super Saf TV. Well, when it comes to my favorite tech for the year of 2020, of course, if I'm talking a smartphone, it's gotta be the Fold, the new Fold, the Fold 2 with all the capabilities and the stuff that Samsung brought to the table. I found it that to be a revolutionary kind of a device with the technologies in it. Like, I mean, when it comes to the hinges, when it comes to the screen, the foldability, and we know that there's a way forward with foldable devices, and this is one promising one of them. Hey guys, Ash here from C4E Tech on SuperSaf TV and my favorite smartphone for the year. It's surprisingly the Sony Xperia 5 Mark II. Now, I've not used a Sony phone in about four years and Sony really impressed me with what they have to offer here. Right from that two-stage shutter key, the impressive optics to the stellar specs inside that 120Hz 21x9 panel. I find it so strange that a phone so good still remains so unknown. What's going on guys? John Rettinger from SuperSaf TV here. And my favorite smartphone of 2020 is not made by Apple. Uh, I want to give a big round of applause to my foldy boy, the Z Fold 2 5G, the worst name for the best phone. I love it. It's in my pocket and it folds. What more can you want? Yeah, what's good? This is MKBHD here on SuperSaf TV. All right, Saf, you're making me pick my favorite phone of the year for 2020. Uh, it's tough. I don't want to give away my smartphone awards, like what the trophy is going to go to for the best phone. I don't want to give a bad phone, though. So I'm going to give a shout out to one of my favorites, and it's a really good one. The thing is, I'm going to preface this by saying there's a lot of great phones that came out this year, a lot of very expensive phones. This is not the most expensive phone. This is not even the best phone that came out this year. It's not even the one that's in my pocket, but I think it deserves a shout out. And that's the Pixel 4a. Right? So if you remember this phone came out, it was supposed to come out earlier in the year than it did, but for $350, it was sort of a reminder, a refresh, a wake-up call for how much phone you can get for this price at a budget level. One of the best cameras in the game as far as still photos, um, and just an overall well-rounded good phone. It's got that headphone jack, it's got that little, little flash on the back, single camera. They didn't go crazy with like six cameras and a two megapixel macro, they did it right. I think Pixel 4a is a great buy for a lot of people. Deserves to be looked at. There you go. And there we have it guys. That is the best of the best. Some of the favorite smartphones of the year as selected by some of your favorite YouTubers. As mentioned, there's gonna be a second part to this video, which will be the best tech of 2020, not including smartphones, if you want to see that, don't forget, be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon. I want to say a huge thanks to all my friends for getting involved this year yet again. If you haven't subscribed to them already, be sure Hey guys, this is Linus on SuperSaf TV. Hey, it's Ijazine on SuperSaf TV. What is up, guys? I'm Michael Josh of Gadget Match on SuperSaf TV. Hey, what's up, guys? Austin Evans here for SuperSaf TV. What's up, guys? This is Jenny Zarek on SuperSaf TV. What's up, guys? This is Fessel Sif on SuperSaf TV. Ha ha! Hey, guys, Ash here from Sinkori Tech on SuperSaf TV. What's going on, guys? John Rettinger from SuperSaf TV here. What's up, guys? It's David on SuperSaf TV. Hey there, guys, it's Mr. Q from Agami TV, and you are watching SuperSaf TV. What's up, guys? Saf, you're on SuperSaf TV, and this is the best of the best. A lot of you guys will know 
that towards the end of each year, I do a huge Super SaaS style collaboration with all of my friends to share with you what their favorite smartphones of the year have been. This is the sixth year running, I believe that we're doing this, and there will be two parts. In this video, we're gonna be looking at the favorite smartphones of 2020, and in the next video, we'll be looking at favorite tech, not including smartphones. If you wanna make sure you don't miss that as soon as it's out, then be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon. So to kick things off, what is my personal favorite smartphone of the year? It's, it's been a tough one because we've had a huge amount of smartphones, as you can see. But if I was to pick just one, it would have to be the Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. I'm not gonna call it the Z Fold 2 or Z Fold 2. I'm just gonna call it the Fold 2. Why is it my favorite? Well, in my opinion, it is the most improved smartphone of the year. If we compare it to the Fold 1 last year, pretty much everything we asked for, we now have. The front display is now a lot more usable and it is a lot more durable compared to the Fold 1 last year. Now, yes, it's not perfect and it's still very, very expensive, but it still amazes me that we can have a smartphone that can extend into a tablet. And that's why I absolutely love the Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. That's me, let's see what the others have to say. Hey, what's up guys? Austin Evans here for SuperSat TV. And my favorite phone of the year is hands down the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. Look, I am a flippy boy. Now yes, the iPhone 12 mini was a very close second runner up for this, but for me, nothing comes close to the uniqueness of this form factor and just how well it was implemented as a Gen 1 product. I can't wait for Z Flip 2. Z Flip 2.5. Is anybody gonna be at all surprised when I tell them what my favorite smartphone is of 2020? No, you're not. It's the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Surprise! What about the mini? No, Jenna, I can only pick one. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's David on SuperSaf TV, and my favorite smartphone of 2020 has to be the Pixel 5. Google actually listened, it feels like, and we have a phone that is at a much better price than before while still having great performance, photography that you've just come to expect from a Pixel phone, and finally, a decent battery, all in a small enough form factor that even has a fingerprint sensor on the back for when your face, you know, might be covered because of, I don't know, a global pandemic. <laughs> okay, okay, it's on, it's on. <laughs> Thank you, super delicious. And I know some of you are wondering, eh, what is my favorite smartphone of the year? <laughs> Hopeful and close. Galaxy Z Fold 2. I am talking about Sezi on top of Sezi. Big screen in front, big screen inside for a big guy like me. Oh, Seziness. Anyway, I love the phone because it can open up in many angles. If you catch my drift. Hey, thank you very much, Safilicious. Don't forget to send me the check for this phone because it's expensive. Hi there everyone, it's Mr. Q from Rakami TV here on SuperSaf TV and I had to choose a phone, a mobile device that I thought was my favorite. And to be honest, while I didn't get to play with this phone for very long because it just came out, it's the iPhone 12 mini. Now typically I'll go ahead and choose the best iPhone out there. I want the iPhone Pro. The Max was always a little bit too big for me, but I would choose the Max because I wanted the best battery life. But I decided to go with the Mini this year because the one-hand ability is just 
it's too good. Oh, and of course, uh, bonus that it's the cheapest iPhone out of all of them, so wallet careability too. What's up, guys? This is Jenny Ezeric on SuperSaf TV, and my favorite smartphone of 2020 has to be the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold. I think that the improvements from the previous generation was just incredible. I love it, but I unfortunately had to send it back. But I still love it. Hey guys, this is Linus on SuperSaf TV. The Galaxy Z Fold 2 is an evolutionary improvement over the original Fold, but it is still easily my favorite phone of the year. I love it as a head-turning piece of tech, and the giant screen is amazing for both work and media consumption. It also compromises nothing in terms of performance with an HDR-capable 120Hz display. I just can't daily drive it because Google and Samsung aren't getting their act together and fixing the deficiencies in the YouTube app. So I guess I'll still be rolling my Note 9. My favorite smartphone of 2020 is the iPhone 12 Mini because just like me, it's fun size. I know the 12 Pro Max has the best of everything from battery to cameras, but there's something just so satisfying about a phone this small, especially knowing that it's just as powerful. And even with a MagSafe wallet attached, it's still light and portable. What's up guys, this is Fessel Asif on SuperSaf TV. Well, when it comes to my favorite tech for the year of 2020, of course, if I'm talking a smartphone, it's gotta be the Fold, the new Fold, the Fold 2 with all the capabilities and the stuff that Samsung brought to the table. I found that to be a revolutionary kind of a device with the technologies in it. Like, I mean, when it comes to the hinges, when it comes to the screen, the foldability, and we know that there's a way forward with foldable devices, and this is one promising one of them. Hey guys, Ash here from C4E Tech on SuperSaf TV and my favorite smartphone for the year. It's surprisingly the Sony Xperia 5 Mark II. Now, I've not used a Sony phone in about four years and Sony really impressed me with what they have to offer here. Right from that two-stage shutter key, the impressive optics to the stellar specs inside that 120Hz 21 by 9 panel. I find it so strange that a phone so good still remains so unknown. What's going on guys? John Rettinger from SuperSaf TV here. And my favorite smartphone of 2020 is not made by Apple. Uh, I wanna give a big round of applause to my foldy boy, the Z Fold 2 5G, the worst name for the best phone. I love it, it's in my pocket, and it folds. What more can you want? Yeah, what's good? This is MKBHD here on SuperSaf TV. All right, Saf, you're making me pick my favorite phone of the year for 2020. It's tough. I don't want to give away my smartphone awards, like what the trophy is going to go to for the best phone. I don't want to give a bad phone, though. So I'm going to give a shout out to one of my favorites, and it's a really good one. The thing is, I'm going to preface this by saying there's a lot of great phones that came out this year, a lot of very expensive phones. This is not the most expensive phone. This is not even the best phone that came out this year. It's not even the one that's in my pocket, but I think it deserves a shout out. And that's the Pixel 4a. Right? So if you remember this phone came out, it was supposed to come out earlier in the year than it did, but for $350, it was sort of a reminder, a refresh, a wake-up call for how much phone you can get for this price at a budget level. One of the best cameras in the game as far as still photos, um, and just an overall well-rounded good phone. It's got that headphone jack, it's got that little, little flash on the back, single camera. They didn't go crazy with like six cameras and a two megapixel macro, they did it right. I think Pixel 4a is a great buy for a lot of people, deserves to be looked at. 
there you go. And there we have it guys, that is the best of the best. Some of the favorite smartphones of the year as selected by some of your favorite YouTubers. As mentioned, there's gonna be a second part to this video, which will be the best tech of 2020, not including smartphones. If you wanna see that, don't forget, be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon. I wanna say a huge thanks to all of my friends for getting involved this year yet again. If you haven't subscribed to them already, be sure been a minute since I have looked at yeah. some headphones, some ultra high-end headphones. It happens to be one of my favorite product categories to unbox and interact with. When you can pump some audio through some of this high-end stuff, it can really help you discern differences, e even in music that you feel like you've heard a thousand times. I get it, it comes at a price point, but nonetheless, it's fun to have these experiences here on this channel. Today, that's exactly what we've got. What does it say in the back? Uh, where's the English? You know it's serious when uh, German comes before the English. There's the English. High-end open headphones at the highest level for high-quality musical enjoyment and as a reference for mastering specifically developed gold-plated titanium dome diaphragms, ear cups made from premium American cherry tone wood, and the patented S-Logic X technology ensure an extraordinary sound. Patented technology all the way from Germany. So I don't know if that doesn't get you excited, you're not a technology fan, definitely not an audio fan. Well, this is the perfect moment to use the official Unbox Therapy unboxing knife which I haven't used in a little while. You can actually pick this up on Amazon. Go check it out, search for it. Available in limited quantities in black and gold or red and gold. All right. Ooh. Okay. <sighs> Smells new. Smells Bavarian. Few things I like come from Germany. Uh, headphones are one of them. Cars. Beer, of course. My last name. Oh my goodness gracious, look at this package. Is that a wooden box? After you spend a certain amount of money on any piece of technology or audio equipment, all of a sudden it has to come in some sort of, oh, it's leather, I think it. I don't think it's wood, I think it's leather, which I know we're gonna do the smell test. Woo! Listen, you spend that kind of money, you're gonna have to have a nice place to keep these things. You can't have them out collecting dust and getting it all messed up. You need to put them away and then you pull them out for the really discerning listening session. So just put this to the side, let me see. It might be genuine, I don't really, it might be genuine. There's even a little peel on the badge on the top. Look at this, hold on, little peel. 
protecting the metallic plate on the case. Edition 15, innovation. Oh, look at that. In case you weren't convinced yet, they're gonna make you love your product even more inside of the manual, kind of explain it to you. This gem of Bavarian craftsmanship is strictly limited to 999 pieces. So very limited as well. Granted, I don't know how many people are even in the market for a headphone that's that expensive. So I kind of understand why it's limited. These should be able to be driven from most audio sources, but like a lot of high-end headphones, they can be improved through using an external amplifier or something like this. Today, I'm gonna just use it off a laptop. If this were a crazy high impedance headphone, that might not be possible, but these ones actually should be okay. You can see the termination point into a mini jack connector actually on that main cable right there. Ooh, look at that, hand signed. That's ink on the signature. And of course we have our frequency curve over here. They are verifying. And this looks like it's number 589 based on the serial number as well, because they said there's gonna be 999 units. It's tested by a person, by a human in their lab to meet their strict specifications. We lift it open, woo! You see, that is an unboxing experience. You have this Alcantara on the inside, very soft. A little cleaning cloth, microfiber. You gotta keep them in good shape. This is an investment after all for your ears. They're actually a little lighter weight than I expect considering those materials in use. I do feel this is actually like a, kind of like a raw cherry wood. So not super glossy or super finished. You can still smell the wood. With these types of unboxing experiences, that smelling is very important because you have this variety of materials. Now these ear pads, very soft to the touch. This is more of an at-home listener. You know, you lay back on a lounge chair, maybe like the one that I have back there, and you really step into your music or movies or whatever else you might want to listen to with these headphones. We have a cushion on the headband, everything's soft to the touch. And these connectors on the bottom are gonna be for your cables. Each ear has its own cable. When you're dealing with high-end headphones, they are often so concerned with interference happening through the headband when the cable travels for left and right channel that many enthusiasts prefer to have a breakout at each individual ear cup. All right, also inside the package, we have a dedicated bag for each cable. Is that what I'm gonna find in here? I assume that's what this is. Oof, that is a serious cable, a braided style, uh, very robust feeling. So then what is inside of this little package? Is it just an extra cable? Interesting, okay, so this connector is even more portable on this one. It's a shorter cable for mobile listening. So in this case, they really want you to use this headphone everywhere, not just at home. So you have a long cable with your quarter inch slash mini jack, and then you have a short kind of for your phone type of cable, which uh, terminates exclusively into a mini jack connector and is gonna be less cable to manage when you're on the go and uh, not trying to lean back in your chair. All right, so these are specialty connectors that you may have not seen before. If you haven't looked at a, a high-end pair of headphones, they're called Limo connectors. There's a little channel on there as well, so you fit it in correctly, and it's a locking-style connector. So when that's in, it's in. Okay, so not a tremendous amount of isolation not that i expected it it's an open back headphone so that's kind of the idea i can hear through it but there is it's not as open as some others that i've heard where it's basically like nothing is there 
It is, as I mentioned before, a little lighter than I expected considering the materials in use. So that's a good thing for those extended listening sessions. So it's the moment of truth. It's a little listening session. And as I mentioned to you before, it's been a while since I've done one of these. That's some uh, vintage jukebox right there on the playlist. I mean, this is stuff from, uh, I mean, like the 50s and 60s, maybe a little bit from the 70s there. Guitars and horns and things like this. You get a lot of, I mean, there's a realisticness to it when you have an open back style. And, and it's a, it sort of represents it maybe uh, a little bit more accurately to the way that it was meant to, to sound. But see, the interesting part here is so much of today's music is, it's very compressed, very uh, electronic. It's fat, you know, it'll punch you in the face. It might have more on the low end and things like this. So charts, I'm going to head to the charts. Yeah, it's number one, 22 million. Let's see how that goes. Well, you heard this song. Body, yadi, 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 body, yadi, body, body. It's fatter than I expected on the modern music. I'm gonna put that out there. I'm gonna let you know that right now. It's fatter than I expected. There's a bit, there's a thump to it. Maybe it's not the same amount of punch as a large driver headphone with a closed back. You know, I've listened to so many of them, but I think it's in the wheelhouse. Tons of detail, very, uh, a lot of crunch, like a little crispness at the top as well. Okay, here's BTS. I'm in the hot. I'm in the hot lineup there. Yo, Will, this has 158 million views. This has 11 million likes. It's called Life Goes On, BTS. You know what? These sound good with the pop music, with the, the, the sort of uh, the full sound of pop. These sound surprising. Like I'm, I had low expectations with an open back and the target for this type of headphone, but it sounds good with pop music as well. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna do one live performance. Yeah, so I still think with a headphone like this, that's sort of more the target is that live feeling, that's that wide sound stage. But honestly, these things sound good with a lot of different sources, a lot of different music. Yeah, they're really expensive. Is it going to be worth it for most people? Probably not. But when you get to the enthusiast level, you start to discern those small, you know, that small nuance, that small difference. And you're able to appreciate it, but it has to be the thing that you're into. It has to be your lane because a lot of people aren't going to feel it the way that you feel it, but it is there if you're looking for it. I will also say you could definitely pair these with a separate amplifier depending on the track and the signal that you're feeding like some of that pop fat and it was it was really filling these out but with some of this other stuff i felt like i could maybe use a little bit more drive so in that case you're going to want to pair this with some type of headphone amplifier to get the most out of it but it's still a very nice premium unboxing experience and premium set of headphones with the wonderful materials it's really all part of it for this enthusiast group 
You need to have the materials, the looks, the whole thing needs to set the stage for your listening session when you want to dive deep. Today's episode of Unbox Therapy has been brought to you by Micro Center. They are your tech heaven. Get the best prices and best selection at any one of Micro Center's 25 locations across the United States. Check been a minute since I have looked at Good. some headphones, some ultra high-end headphones. It happens to be one of my favorite product categories to unbox and interact with. When you can pump some audio through some of this high-end stuff, it can really help you discern differences, e even in music that you feel like you've heard a thousand times. I get it, it comes at a price point, but nonetheless, it's fun to have these experiences here on this channel. Today, that's exactly what we've got. What does it say in the back? Uh, where's the English? You know it's serious when uh, German comes before the English. There's the English. High-end open headphones at the highest level for high-quality musical enjoyment and as a reference for mastering. Specifically developed gold-plated titanium dome diaphragms, ear cups made from premium American cherry tone wood, and the patented S-Logic X technology ensure an extraordinary sound. Patented technology all the way from Germany. So I don't know, if that doesn't get you excited, you're not a technology fan. Definitely not an audio fan. Well, this is the perfect moment to use the official Unbox Therapy unboxing knife which I haven't used in a little while. You can actually pick this up on Amazon. Go check it out, search for it. Available in limited quantities in black and gold or red and gold. All right. Ooh. Okay. <sighs> smells new. Smells Bavarian. Few things I like come from Germany. Uh, 
Headphones are one of them. Cars. Beer, of course. My last name as well. Oh my goodness gracious, look at this package. Is that a wooden box? After you spend a certain amount of money on any piece of technology or audio equipment, all of a sudden it has to come in some sort of, oh, it's leather, I think. I don't think it's wood, I think it's leather, which you know we're gonna do the smell test. Woo! Listen, you spend that kind of money, you're gonna have to have a nice place to keep these things. You can't have them out collecting dust and getting it all messed up. You need to put them away, and then you pull them out for the really discerning listening session. So, put this to the side. Let me see. It might be genuine. I don't really. It might be genuine. There's even a little peel on the badge on the top. Look at this. Hold on. Little peel. Protecting the metallic plate on the case. Edition 15. Innovation, oh, look at that. In case you weren't convinced yet, they're gonna make you love your product even more. Inside of the manual, kind of explain it to you. This gem of Bavarian craftsmanship is strictly limited to 999 pieces. So, very limited as well. Granted, I don't know how many people are even in the market for a headphone that's that expensive, so kinda understand why it's limited. These should be able to be driven from most audio sources, but like a lot of high-end headphones, they can be improved through using an external amplifier or something like this. Today, I'm gonna just use it off a laptop. If this were a crazy high-impedance headphone, that might not be possible, but these ones actually should be okay. You can see the termination point into a mini jack connector actually on that main cable right there. Ooh, look at that, hand-signed. That's ink on the signature. And of course we have our frequency curve over here. They are verifying, and this looks like it's number 589 based on the serial number as well, because they said there's gonna be 999 units. It's tested by a person, by a human, in their lab to meet their strict specifications. We lift it open, woo! You see, that is an unboxing experience. You have this Alcantara on the inside, very soft little cleaning cloth microfiber. You gotta keep them in good shape. This is an investment after all for your ears. They're actually a little lighter weight than I expect considering those materials in use. I do feel this is actually like a kind of like a raw cherry wood. So not super glossy or super finished. You can still smell the wood. With these types of unboxing experiences, that smelling is very important because you have this variety of materials. Now these ear pads, very soft to the touch. This is more of an at-home listener. You know you lay back on a lounge chair, maybe like the one that I have back there, and you really step into your music or movies or whatever else you might want to listen to with these headphones. We have a cushion on the headband, everything soft to the touch, and these connectors on the bottom are gonna be for your cables. Each ear has its own cable. When you're dealing with high-end headphones, they are often so concerned with interference happening through the headband when the cable travels for left and right channel that many enthusiasts prefer to have a breakout at each individual ear cup. All right, also inside the package, we have a dedicated bag for each cable. Is that what I'm gonna find in here? I assume that's what this is. Oof, that is a serious cable. A braided style, uh, very robust feeling. So then what is inside of this little package? Is it just an extra cable? 
Interesting. Okay, so this connector is even more portable on this one. It's a shorter cable for mobile listening. So in this case, they really want you to use this headphone everywhere, not just at home. So you have a long cable with your quarter inch slash mini jack, and then you have a short kind of for your phone type of cable, which uh, terminates exclusively into a mini jack connector and is going to be less cable to manage when you're on the go and uh, not trying to lean back in your chair. All right, so these are specialty connectors that you may have not seen before if you haven't looked at a, a high-end pair of headphones. They're called Limo connectors. But there's a little channel on there as well, so you fit it in correctly, and it's a locking-style connector. So when that's in, it's in. Okay, so not a tremendous amount of isolation not that i expected it it's an open back headphone so that's kind of the idea i can hear through it but there is it's not as open as some others that i've heard where basically like nothing is there it is as i mentioned before a little lighter than i expected considering the materials in use so that's a good thing for those extended listening sessions so it's the moment of truth it's a little listening session and as i mentioned to you before it's been a while since i've done one of these As, as some uh, vintage jukebox right there on the playlist, I mean, this is stuff from, uh, I mean, like the 50s and 60s, maybe a little bit from the 70s there. Guitars and horns and things like this, you get a lot of, I mean, there's a realisticness to it when you have an open back style and, and it's a, it sort of represents it maybe uh, a little bit more accurately to the way that it was meant to, to sound. But see, the interesting part here is so much of today's music is it's very compressed, very uh, electronic, it's fat, you know, it'll punch you in the face, it might have more on the low end and things like this, so charts, I'm gonna head to the charts, yeah, it's number one, 22 million, see how that goes. Well, you heard this song, body, 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 it's fatter than I expected on the modern music. I'm gonna put that out there. I'm gonna let you know that right now. It's fatter than I expected. There's a bit, there's a thump to it. Maybe it's not the same amount of punch as a large driver headphone with a closed back. You know, I've listened to so many of them, but I think it's in the wheelhouse. Tons of detail, very, uh, a lot of crunch, like a little crispness at the top as well. Okay, here's BTS. I'm in the hot, I'm in the hot lineup here. Yo, Will, this has 158 million views. This has 11 million likes. It's called Life Goes On, BTS. You know, these sound good with the pop music, with the, the, the sort of, uh, the full sound of pop. These sound surprising. Like I'm, I had low expectations with an open back and the target for this type of headphone, but it sounds good with pop music as well. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna do one live performance.
Yeah, so I still think with a headphone like this, that's sort of more the target is that live feeling, that's that wide sound stage. But honestly, these things sound good with a lot of different sources, a lot of different music. Yeah, they're really expensive. Is it going to be worth it for most people? Probably not. But when you get to the enthusiast level, you start to discern those small, you know, that small nuance, that small difference. And you're able to appreciate it, but it has to be the thing that you're into. It has to be your lane because a lot of people aren't going to feel it the way that you feel it, but it is there if you're looking for it. I will also say you could definitely pair these with a separate amplifier depending on the track and the signal that you're feeding like some of that popped fat and it was it was really filling these out but with some of this other stuff i felt like i could maybe use a little bit more drive so in that case you're going to want to pair this with some type of headphone amplifier to get the most out of it but it's still a very nice premium unboxing experience and premium set of headphones with the wonderful materials it's really all part of it for this enthusiast group. You need to have the materials, the looks, the whole thing needs to set the stage for your listening session when you wanna dive deep. Today's episode of Unbox Therapy has been brought to you by Micro Center. They are your tech heaven. Get the best prices and best selection at any one of Micro Center's 25 locations across the United States.